The recent popes, John Paul said, now's the time. This is the moment. Literally thousands of people in our diocese have experienced that love through the power of the Eucharist at those wonderful events. And to see that happening monthly, 40, 50 or more people going to confession monthly is really amazing. People just keep kept coming and coming and, and there was lines out the door, down the hall, down the church. What does it look like? People falling in love with Jesus, coming to know how deeply they're loved by Jesus. And not just in a moment, but, but to surrender their entire lives. You surrender your life. You make it your aim to please the Lord. When I hear Greg Schleter and Peter Herbeck talk, I want to buckle my chin strap and take the field. That's what's happening here. People are taking risks. It's time to move. More than a moment, this is a movement. You're tuned into Ignite Radio Live, and we begin right now. Good evening, everybody. Good evening, all. On this balmy Tuesday night, you're with Greg, Stephanie, and Mike McCoy. <laughs> we are going to raise the roof tonight. Well, let me say we had to raise the roof because... <laughs> This man's physical stature is six foot, six foot five inches is minuscule compared to his spiritual stature. Amen. So to set the stage a little bit, we have Mike with us, and you may know him as a consensus All-American Notre Dame player, Catholic College Player of the Year, sixth in the Heisman Trophy balloting. He was the first draft choice for the Green Bay Packers, mm. second player picked in the NFL draft. He was the Packers Rookie of the Year. This man played 11 years in the NFL, seven with the uh, best team in the NFL, the Green Bay Packers. Two with the Raiders, two with the Giants, and uh, he was an honorable mention All-Pro. So we are delighted to have you with us tonight, Mike McCoy, a man I've come to regard as just a real blessed friend and uh, even mentor for a number of years now. So it's great to have you here, Mike. Good to be here, Greg. Good to see you, Steph. Thank you, Mike. And we're delighted to have you all tuned in tonight. This is the third week of this great retreat, this invitation into the heart of Christ that we call Lent. And brothers and sisters, we, we want to really tune into the power of the cross. And let's understand the world around us wants us to think of power as anything but the cross. Mm. The power is comfort, what I can get, money, prestige, power. And Lent invites us to recognize the power of the cross. And we don't need to look back 2,000 years to regard the power of Jesus in an isolated place for maybe 33 years. But the power that extends through the Holy Spirit to you and me right now. This little uh, news bit came up across my desk uh, today regarding the execution a couple weeks ago. And I quote, ISIS announced the execution of 21 cops, but only 20 names were confirmed. Most of them were from the province of Minya, which is in Upper Egypt. There was an inaccuracy in the number of Egyptian hostages. There were only 20 Egyptians. And who was this remaining one non-Coptic victim? Well, a Canadian news service was able to gather information about this singular man. He was a Chadian citizen who accepted Christianity, get this, after seeing the immense faith of his fellow Coptic Christians to die for Christ. Mm. When terrorists forced him to reject Jesus Christ as God, 
Now, brothers and sisters, before I go further, let's think about this. Many of us listening now have professed Christ in our faith. We've gone to church. We've gone to Mass. This man knew Christ's seconds. So again, when the terrorists forced him to reject Jesus Christ as God, looking at his Christian friends, he replied, Their God is my God. So the terrorist beheaded him also. Powerful stuff. So tonight we're going to invite you in the second segment, if you want to call in and share with us how Jesus Christ is impacting your life or a story of maybe somebody in your life, we want to invite you to do that. I'm going to give you the number now, but we're really not going to open the phone lines for perhaps 25 or 30 minutes. We really want to uh, hear the great things going on with Mike and his life on the road, touching literally tens of thousands of young people throughout the country. But you may also have a question for Mike. But here's that number, 877 275 We're going to have a jingle for this at some point. But again, 877-275-8098. And I just want to reiterate what we've said before also, you know, just to keep all of this in prayer. We go about our, you know, comfort of our lives so easily. And, you know, with the glance at the news and we may get all passionate about something, but to really take it to prayer, not only for those being persecuted, which my gosh, we really need to be on our knees, but also for those doing the persecuting, Absolutely. you know, there, there might be some St. Paul's among them and we pray that there are, the Lord desires their salvation as much as ours. Um, so on that happy note, um, let us, uh, just come to some great stuff going on here. Ignite little flower parish in Toledo last night, Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful time together Mm. um, at that parish in front of our Eucharistic Lord. Uh, Shout out to Father David Ness and his wonderful team there Mm. and just a wonderful community. Um, Sister Marilyn, Tom Williams, the whole crew, the Axe crew. The the four confessors, just just beautiful. So we thank them for that. And if you have not visited Little Flower Parish, get over there and just check it out. Just the community is awesome. Wonderful pastor, wonderful patron, wonderful people. Um, just a lot of great things going on there. This Thursday at St. Joan of Arc, another awesome parish uh, is our Spark and Ignite. The Spark begins at 515. It's a free meal. You can register online. Free and meal, free meal. There free. is a phenomenal speaker I hear by the name of Michael McCoy, um, who will be joining us and then followed by the beautiful uh, why are you looking at me you like that? You called him Michael. I thought that was kind of cute. Does anybody call you Michael anymore? Well, some people do, yeah. Well, that's sweet. <laughs> Can I call you Michael? Sure. Okay, thanks. Um, that was my dad's name. So that is at St. Joan of Arc um, this Thursday. It would be great if you could join us. And Ignite is now coming to the St. Kateri Tekawitha Deanery on mm. a monthly basis. So St. we're Jerome very... Parish. Uh, excited about that and praise God. So what's it all about? We keep saying it. It's more than a moment, but a movement Mm -hmm. beyond mere conviction to commitment. And we invite you again to join us to rediscover love, our Lenten challenge for seven weeks to set aside just 60 minutes Mm -hmm. to talk and pray with your families or your peer groups or whoever you can gather. So check it out at massimpact.us. This Sunday, there are really two Gospels to choose from depending upon whether you go to the Scrutinies uh, uh, um, Mass or the other. But they both have to deal with the Temple. The Scrutinies one, which is in the livid guide this week that we're uh, inviting you to reflect upon, is the woman at the well. And um, the second one is where Jesus really shakes things up in the Temple. And they don't get, uh, when he speaks of them destroying the Temple, the sign 
that he will raise it in three days. They don't get that it's about him, his very body, his very presence that he's speaking of. So really, we want to um, reflect in that of God's abiding presence in us. He fashioned us to be his temples of the Holy Spirit, not just a place, but a person of Jesus Christ fashioned us for his indwelling spirit. And while that reading of the woman at the well speaks of living water in the encounter of Christ and opening our hearts to him, and we pray with the popes for an outpouring, a new outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and we should keep praying that, it occurs to us that also we ought to consider what log jams might be in the way of that water flowing. What do we need to look at, maybe, that is preventing that uh, living water, that, that torrential rapids of his grace flowing from the celestial realms into our hearts to change our lives and to change this world? If it's not happening, it's not because of God. It's not because of him pouring himself out. We invite us all in this journey of Lent to consider what are those things that are standing in the way that maybe we haven't come under the banner of it's just the way I am, to open the door courageously in God's grace. And maybe it will move us to repentance and forgiveness, this catastrophic power to, to take out the strongholds of the enemy and to open up the door of grace. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Lord Jesus, we all come to you tonight in this very moment. You are present to us. We invite your holy grace to flow through us, to break through the log jams in our lives, Lord God, that we be moved beyond mere conviction to commitment, that we be moved, God, beyond just moments where we encounter you and uh, have this tremendous experience and that we would just hang our faith in those fleeting moments, but that it would flow into a movement of commitment in our lives. We pray for your anointing on Mike, who will be with us these next few days, and on all who will hear him. And in each of our environments, we consecrate them to you, God, that we'd more fully awaken to your presence alive among us, moving us to proclaim your gospel with authenticity and joy and power to the ends of the earth. We ask all this in your name, through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. You are tuned in to Ignite Radio Live. We have with us Mike McCoy. Stay with us. We'll be back with you on the other side. We need to conquer the devil. St. Vincent de Paul said, the most powerful weapon to conquer the devil is humility. Join us now in praying the Litany of Humility. O Jesus, meek and humble of heart, hear me. From the desire of being esteemed, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being loved, Deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being extolled. Deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being honored. Deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being praised. Deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being preferred to others. Deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being consulted. Deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being approved. Deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being humiliated. Deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being despised. Deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of suffering rebukes. Deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being calumniated. Deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being forgotten. Deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being ridiculed. Deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being wronged. Deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being suspected. Deliver me, Jesus. That others may be loved more than I. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be esteemed more than I. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. 
that in the opinion of the world others may increase and I may decrease. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it, that others may be chosen and I set aside. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it, that others may be praised and I go unnoticed. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it, that others may be preferred to me in everything. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it, that others may be holier than I, provided that I become as holy as I should. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Here's a simple question. Would you like to see this area alive in the love of God and Jesus Christ? Well, here's the thing. It won't just happen. The greatest thing we can do to see God alive around us is to accept Him alive within us. Right now, we invite you and your family to rediscover love. Rediscover love is a great adventure through the seven weeks of Lent that promises to awaken our homes to God's abiding love. Go right now to MassImpact.us. Take the simple one-page inventory. It's a real eye-opener. Rediscover love at MassImpact.us. Welcome back to Ignite Radio Live. We are here in Toledo, Ohio, in Annunciation Radio Studios with a very dear guest, Mike McCoy, who I'm allowed to call Michael. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I just have to share this, and for any listeners out there who know me well will know why it's so cool, but Mike is from, drumroll please, thank you, Mike, Erie, (laughs) Pennsylvania. So over supper this evening, we were able to uh, share some neat right. connecting stories about churches and schools and people and Ash Street cafes mm. and funeral mm. homes and you name it's it. Beautiful. But just that that beautiful gift as people of God here and mm. uh, like Greg said, a little taste of heaven just to connect in that way. So we are delighted to have him with us here and he's actually going to be in the area the next few days and Again, uh, speaking at St. Joan of Arc, I know he's going to be in a couple of the high schools. And um, so, Mike, we welcome you. We're delighted to have you. And I'm going to turn it over to you. Well, it's great to be here, Greg and Steph. And it's great to uh, know and understand our friendship goes back many, many years from Erie, Pennsylvania, and how God brought you to Toledo in one sense. And then all of a sudden, a year ago, it kind of changed courses and what he's doing through mm. you and impact and mass impact and mm. how you're getting people to understand that it's just not Sunday to Sunday. Mm. You know, it's every day in our life and how our faith can really impact everything we do in our life and the people around us. So uh, I think the movement is, is mm. going to be great. And I just pray this movement uh, goes not only just here in this little town of Toledo, mm. but uh, nationwide, because uh, mm. that's what we read. Re- we really need this in our culture right now. Mm. And I see that all the time as I go into the Catholic schools and speak and you know, what I do is I speak to students in Catholic schools with the message of faith, hope, and encouragement, because we all need hope and encouragement in uh, this trying times. You talk about the Coptic Christians being uh, slaughtered, the martyrs, and mm. you know, stuff we used to hear about in the old days, you know, and, mm. and, and it's right here, and mm. it's really on our doorstep, too, here in America. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, not only the Catholic Church, but uh, Christian churches uh, nationwide and worldwide can wake up. And uh, and the only solution is prayer, because mm-hmm. God, mm-hmm. God is the one who's going to have to solve this. You know, right. it can't be man, but mm-hmm. it's got to be God. Mm-hmm. And uh, pray for our enemies, right. and uh, pray for our president, and pray for our country and our land that will be healed. Because after 2001, what happened is we all went back to church. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever denomination and background, we united. Right. And we had congressmen from the Republican Party and the Democratic Party praying on the steps of, uh, of uh, the White House and praying on the steps of Congress. Mm-hmm. 
And we really need that right now we in need our to country. Get back to you know, it for sure. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mike, can you give us your background? How did yeah. you come to know Christ? What is well, your journey? I grew up in Erie, Pennsylvania, Woo-hoo. and uh, <laughs> lived with my grandparents on East 23rd Street between Reed and Wayne. And uh, my mom was Irene Spraga. My dad was Tom McCoy, obviously. And uh, always went to church. And I was a faithful altar boy, knew all the all the uh, Latin, Confidior Deo, and Potenti. And I was at St. John, the altar boy. And Helped the sisters there in the great parish with Father Tellers many years ago. Uh-huh. And, of course, the priests come in, and here you are in 7th, 8th grade. He says, okay, you all, all you guys have the call. He said, call to what? And the priest <laughs> said, oh, okay. You know. And uh, so I, I believed him. <laughs> so off I go to St. Mark's Seminary for a year. Mm-hmm. And I was up in the seminary for a year under Monsignor Fitz, Fitzgerald, I think, at the time. Mm-hmm. And, and just some things happened and just homesick or whatever, but some situations happened. And I said, you know, uh, all my friends are at cathedral prep and, so I went down to Cathedral Prep High School, and Monsignor McDonald was the headmaster mm-hmm. there, and it was 1,200 of us, uh, oh, wow. Catholic boys' school, coat and tie, academic excellence, athletic right. excellence. Father Bible was on staff there, and I know you know him very well. Love and, you, Father Bible. Yeah, and uh, you know, learned a lot of great things there and started playing football my sophomore year in high school. Mm-hmm. And uh, as I look back, you know, God orchestrates. You know, when we look back at our life, we can see how God orchestrates mm-hmm. different things. But when we're going through and we can't see it, unfortunately. Not at all. Mm-hmm. But if you, you know, as you mature and, and trust in God's sovereignty in your life, you know that he's working. Mm-hmm. And you got to have that faith and trust that, hey, the next step is there. We may not see it. We mm-hmm. just got to believe. And looking back, it's easy to look back. And I uh, started playing football with uh, Coach Tony Zambrowski. It was my offensive line, defensive line coach. Became a great friend of mine and his family. And um, he taught me the game of football, and I started playing sports, and and I developed physically and emotionally and mentally and spiritually at prep, and had that chance to go out to the University of Notre Dame. And so when I was at prep, I was always going to church. You know, I was very faithful mm-hmm. and uh, always going. But it, after a while, it became uh, just something to do. You know, um, show up every Sunday, do the duty and obligation. And, and all of a sudden, it just started to become a little bit empty in my life. Mm-hmm. Went out to Notre Dame, and I took the philosophy courses, the theology courses, and and uh, learn about all those different things. And, and uh, at school, I always went to chapel, and it was more of a, became more of a superstitious thing for me. Right. And uh, not that I knew who God was, I knew who Jesus Christ was, I knew the tenets of the faith. You know, I tried to follow them, but I always fell short. Mm. And I figured, you know, I can't do this anymore. And so what happened is on the outside, I looked pretty good because mm. I was a people pleaser. We're all people pleasers. We all want people to like us. So we do things to people to like us. And on the inside, I was kind of falling away a little bit. A lot of my friends are doing that. And, and, and you know, Notre Dame is, is a Catholic school, but I have Protestant friends that on campus there, and they're, they're experiencing the same thing in their faith. It just became hollow, just something to do and, you know, try to live up to these laws that we can't keep. Mm-hmm. And so it became very frustrating to me. And uh, then I, you know, I continued to do that and uh, went, up to, went up to Green Bay Packers, and I met a guy named Carol Dale and been with the Packers for 11 years. And Carol and his wife, Pat, became our friends. And uh, he invited me to go to chapel. I mean, mm. which chapel? You know, everybody doesn't understand that every every it's a team, place. yeah, every team in well, it, w- it really wasn't a place. It was a, it was a movement. Every team in the National Football League travels with a priest and they have this thing called chapel on Sunday morning. It's been going on since the fifties. Wow. We only hear about the three percent of the guys who screw up. Right. You don't right. hear about the ninety-seven percent of the guys who really know and are blessed and are giving back to their families and giving back to their communities. And so I said, you know, what's chapel? And he said, well, it's a service on Sunday morning, and uh, we re- usually bring in a business person or a former NFL player. It's for anybody from whatever denomination. It just kind of open to everybody. So when he told me about that, that particular week, I kind of thought about that. I said, why not? Mm-hmm. So I'll go to church Saturday to fulfill my duty and obligation, 
and I'll go to this thing called chapel on Sunday morning at 7 a.m. because at 1 o'clock we're playing the Bears. Mm. And I need all the help I can, I can get playing the Chicago Bears. With Peyton were, at the time. They were nad- yeah, he was one of them, but they're a nasty, nasty team. That's what double chin straps came in. They didn't believe in the rules. And, uh, and so I went to chapel, and through those next 15 or 16 weeks, I heard other people that weren't religious mm-hmm. talk about their faith mm-hmm. wow. and talk about what Jesus Christ meant to them. That at some point in time in their life, they say, we got, we got sick and tired of doing the same things over and over again called sin. Mm-hmm. And we, they wanted to change. We all want to change. We try to change from the outside. It doesn't happen. It has to come mm-hmm. from the inside. It's called the heart transplant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like and, that. Um, so I started going to this chapel. And I, you know, I kind of heard that growing up, but, but it was more the ritual thing that I was into in my mm-hmm. Catholic faith. And which is okay, don't get me wrong, but I, I, do, I just want to say, you know, how do I do this every day, right. not just Sunday to Sunday? How do, I, how do I keep the commandments? How do I live my life? And, um, and so through the chapel program, I came to understand that I, that I needed to make a decision to open up my heart to Christ. Mm. And I did that through chapel. And That's what happened beautiful. is when Jesus came into my life, and he says he will, and he did, um, I started to go back to my faith and became alive. Mm. My had tos became my want tos because I finally understood I had this relationship with the creator of God who paid the price for me on the cross Mm. and sent his son down to die for me because we all fall short of God's glory. Paul talks in Romans 3.23, I believe, that the wage of sin is death. Mm -hmm. And if we have sin in our life, it's death. But when Christ comes in, sin is removed because he had to pay the price through his blood. And you look at that sacrifice going back to the Old Testament, you know, that was the the Levites and the the law was the sacrificial lamb. So Jesus came as a sacrificial mm-hmm. lamb. I'm going to tell you what, he's, as you know, if you know God's word, he's coming back as a lion. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if we're living in these end times, but boy, it sure seems to be pretty perilous right now. Mm-hmm. And hopefully it's waking a lot of people up that uh, stuff is not where it's at. It's the relationship. So through that, I started to grow and uh, went to some conferences and uh, Campus Crusade for Christ, mm-hmm. Athletes in Action, the FCA, because mm-hmm. the Catholic Church at that time uh, wasn't in that mode yet. They are now, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, you got Catholic Athletes for Christ. You got a lot of things happening in the Catholic community. So I started to learn. And then what was big for my wife and I at the time was getting into God's word. Mm. You know, and St. Jerome, yeah, St. Jerome said this, uh, ignorance of scripture is ignorance of Christ. Mm. When we pray to God, he listens to our heart. He listens to us. But when we read God's word, he speaks to our heart. Mm. And this is a, this is a saint who died as a martyr because he translated the Volgai Bible into Latin and he opened it up for the masses. So God's word is there and it's throughout the history of the church. Uh, hundreds and hundreds of quotes. You know, John Paul II. Now, he said this uh, many years after I, be, after I opened up my heart and asked Christ to come into my life, but he says, do not fear, open your heart to Christ. Con- mm-hmm. uh, conversion is a personal decision, accepting the saving grace of Christ and becoming his disciple. So conversion is a personal decision, accepting right. what? The saving grace of Christ and becoming his disciple, his follower. And so when we do that on our own and ask him to come into our heart, and then we have the power of the Holy Spirit. And then we take what the faith has and we grow from that point. Mm-hmm. So it's a starting point. Right. It's like what Coach Tony Zambrowski taught me as a sophomore. And again, I never really played football until my sophomore year. I had no idea how hard <laughs> it was. And put on all those pads. And, you know, what is a stance? How do you fire out? So he took me aside right before I was moved up to varsity. He took me aside and he taught me the basics. Mm-hmm. How to fire off the ball. How to keep low. You know, I was tall. I was always looking up. He says, Mike, a 180-pounder can block you. At, uh, I was 240 or 250 at the time. Mm. He says, you got to stay low. you got to come off. You have mm. the proper foundation. Mm. So when we have the foundation of that personal relationship in our life with Jesus Christ, mm. he starts working through us. Mm. And, uh, and so I started to grow. And uh, my wife, uh, my late wife, Kia, at the time, you know, 
kind of saw what I did, and she says, you know, this guy's become weird, you know, <laughs> and because I was kind of the weirdness back then, you know, and uh, this is back in the early 70s, and the following year, she opened her heart to Christ, mm-hmm. and uh, she went far, far more, far farther than I ever did, and she spent hours in God's Word, mm-hmm. where I was out there kind of traveling around and preaching God's Word, mm-hmm. she was behind the scenes learning and understanding. One of the books that impacted her was uh, Packard book, Knowing God, mm-hmm. and that really impacted her, because once we know the character of God and His and His goodness and His mercy, but also not only his goodness and his mercy, but also his, his, uh, in the Old Testament, you talk about, you know, a lot of things happening if we don't follow God's command, but we've got the, we got the blood of Christ now in our life. And, um, and so it just, we just started to grow and I started to grow and, um, my faith became alive. That's awesome. Mike, that's very powerful. And, uh, I know we're going to turn, uh, perhaps in the third segment to, um, a portrait of what you're experiencing out there in Catholic schools. Yes. And so a lot of our listeners, I suspect, are Catholics. So you're, you're welcome if you landed on this station because we're speaking to you. If you have nothing to do with the church and you haven't been in a church in years, you're welcome here because I think Mike's got something to say to you. But before we kind of talk about that portrait and what it means to evangelize, um, Mike, we, we have a situation, a lot of the recent books, you know, Forming Intentional Disciples, Rebuild, Scott Hahn's Evangelizing Catholics, all these presume a Catholic who is maybe faithful on Sundays, Praise the rosary, as icons on the wall, um, and a sense of sufficiency. And I think the popes, and you kind of alluded this to you in your life, that to have, and I don't want to say externalism because that's a judgment that only God can make, but who have the stuff around them of Catholicism may be missing the relationship. It's this word that it seems we're all uh, trying to understand more about what does it mean to have a relationship on one hand it's not just this emotional thing right mm-hmm. and uh, we ought to be cautioned against worshiping emotions in the name of God um, but neither is it this just external go through the motions sort of thing tell us a little bit about the nature of a true relationship with Jesus Christ as revealed in Scripture well I think uh, the nature of a true relationship with Jesus Christ is number one make sure is he in your life mm-hmm. you got to ask you said have I invited Christ to come into my life Am I still going through the motions? And you start with that. You say, yeah, there's no doubt. Because Jesus says, he who has a son has life. He who does not have a son does not have life. Mm-hmm. And the implication of that is eternity. And and so I think that's the start of it. I, you know, we, we talk about all these external things. But if we don't know and understand that if I walked out of this radio shack here tonight and I, something happened and I get hit by a car, I know where I'm going to be. I'm going to be in the presence of Christ because of the shed blood of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've asked him to come into my heart. And I've manifest that through my faith. And so I think that's the real aspect of it. And then what you do, it, it, you, so it's done. I mean, it's done. You know, I, I tell the students in the Catholic schools, I said, you know, if you put a check mark in the card, card, if you open up your heart to Christ here in our assembly, just remember this. God says, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I love you unconditionally. Because he knew us before we were formed in our mother's womb. And he knit us in our mother's womb. And he has a plan and a purpose for our life. Yeah. But we have a problem in our culture. There's an enemy out there who... Uh, does not want that to happen. So we got the sex, alcohol, and drugs. We got secularism. We got humanism. We've got all the things going on in the world. And he wants to deter us from God's plan and purpose for our life. Because Jesus says, I come to give you life now and for eternity. And so when you understand the battle plan, and you understand the relationship, and you have Christ in your heart, and then you take that from a day-to-day point. You get motivated, because I think the Holy Spirit starts to motivate you to get into God's Word. Mm-hmm. And I, if I can say one thing tonight here, Greg and Steph, is that, is that, when I go into this, in this Catholic schools and I speak to students in Catholic schools, not all of them are Catholic, but part of the majority are, are of, the, of, of, the, of them are, I asked them one question. I says, how many of you have ever heard of the book of Proverbs, the book of wisdom? Oh, they all raise their hand. 
So the next question I ask, by raising your hand, can someone tell me the odd? Um, <laughs> uh, Old Testament, New Testament, uh, okay. Very few know them, very few read them. <clears throat> so I started what's called the Book of Proverbs Club. And I've challenged the students the last five years. And I've been doing this for many, many years, but the last five years, the last four years, just gearing in Mike McCoy Ministries into students in Catholic schools. Because I used to do public schools. Mm. And I used to do private schools and prisons and all those things. Mm. Public schools, forget it. You can't even mention God anymore. Mm. And I remember I, was, I lived in Meville, Pennsylvania. The thought came to my mind. I went to, I went to a public school when I was in third grade. And then and they came over the loudspeaker and they had a prayer and they, and they read one proverb. They prayed the Our Father, public schools of America. You know, so times we've come, times have changed. Yeah, 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 humanism. And so when I go into the schools, I challenge them to read the book of Proverbs. It's 31 chapters. Isn't that interesting? Mm. Most months have 31 days and it takes about 10 minutes. And I ask them mm. to do it mm. before they go to bed. I said, turn off, turn off all the mitters, the witters, the twitters, the quitters, all that, <laughs> all the noise that we have in our society today, all the drama. And, and I said, just get still and be quiet because God says, God says, be still and know mm. that I am God. Because mm. how can we know God when we got all this other stuff going right. on, you know, the busyness of our lives? And I said, take a deep breath, get out the Bible. If you don't have one, I've got one on my website. And I said, start reading chapter one because God says that he will impact your life. He will challenge you through his word. His word says, uh, his, word says uh, his word is a lamp unto on our feet. Mm-hmm. Now think about that. If we have a need a lamp on our feet, what does it mean? There's darkness all around us because mm-hmm. the evil right. one wants to bring us down. Mm-hmm. And God's word mm-hmm. says the evil one is real. Mm-hmm. He's, he's a liar. He's a thief. He's a deceiver. He's the father of lies. He's like a roaring lion prowling around trying to devour us. And he doesn't want us to experience God's plan and purpose for our life. So the culture is eating us up in this country today. Absolutely. And uh, so it's very important. So I think, you know, how do I define that? I define it by taking that first step, growing in that. The Holy Spirit comes in. He's a helper. Mm-hmm. You know, God, you know Jesus. Yeah, God yeah. says before, you know, he left. He said, I'm going to send your help. He said, who's that? It's Paracletus. Mm-hmm. This is the helper, mm-hmm. you know. And look what happened to Peter and those guys. I mean, these guys are, you know, they were stumbling, bumbling there for a long time. <laughs> and all of a sudden, Peter goes out and, and, and preaches the gospel. What is the gospel? It's the good news that Jesus came to save us, mm-hmm. to redeem us from our sin. And 5,000 got converted. You know, that's evangelism. Mm-hmm. How do you, you share your faith? That's evangelism. Then mm-hmm. you get people to come into the church. So I think what happens is mm-hmm. we think about evangelism, it's getting people to go to church. No, I don't think that's it. Yeah. Right. Evangelism is, is make sure that you have the relationship, you're growing, and you learn how to share that faith very simply, through your, not only through your life, but I always, hear, I always hear this argument, well, your life is a testament. Yeah, that's true, but I'm thank God that Paul and Peter talked about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right, right. And they, they reached the known right. world. Uh, through talking through talking and right. sharing yes and, and you know, also this, demonstrating their power and you know, i think yeah. people uh if you were to ask the question of a large audience or small group how many of you would want a life that is good pleasing and perfect everybody's going to raise their hand mm-hmm. you know and what is the what is the path to that or romans 12 1 and 2 a lot of what you're saying you know mm-hmm. um make yourself a living sacrifice number one two conform no longer to the ways of this world oh, yeah three be transformed inwardly by the renewal of the spirit in your mind. And I think um, as you speak about the evil one, I just want to make this point because often as Catholics, or many out there may want to say yada, 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 but many respect Pope Francis. I think he's reaching places that maybe other popes have not reached. Each has a particular role, I think, in salvation history. It's, 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 it's fascinating how the Holy Spirit has chosen different popes for right. the times. But right. here's what Pope Francis says. But in this generation, like so many others, people have been led to believe that the devil is a myth, Mm. a figure, an idea, the idea of evil. But the devil exists, and we must fight against him. 
And he goes on to say, Paul tells us this. It's not me saying it. The word of God is telling us this. But we're not all convinced of this. And then Paul describes God's armor and which are the are different types mm-hmm. that make up the great armor of God. And he says, so stand your ground with truth, a belt around your waist. The truth is God's armor. So I think on one hand, of course, um, unquote. So on one hand, we can see a devil under every stone, and we're not saying that. I right. mean, there's, there's flesh, there's different aspects that influence us. But C.S. Lewis also said, the devil's greatest trick is in deceiving people into thinking he doesn't exist. That's right. And John Paul, then Carol Wojtyla, have been saying this a lot in 76. His first words to the Americans were, we are entering an era of the final confrontation mm. between the gospel and the anti-gospel. And I think we ought to be aware. We talked about the logjam thing. I mean, let's just look in the mirror and ask the question, you know, what might be in the way of the living water flowing into my soul? You know, to keep me from, you know, being an enthusiastic, joy-filled evangelist. And simply, this thought has kind of really challenged me. If we're not evangelizing as naturally as talking about anything else that excites us, chances are, to that extent, we have not been evangelized. Mm-hmm. Or trained on how to do that. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. there's some training that you can do to understand mm-hmm. how do you take this? Who, who were you before Christ? How did you come to Christ? Mm-hmm. And what's happening and how you've been sanctified because the sanctification process is going on all the time. We're with Mike McCoy. Tune into Ignite Radio Live, having a great conversation. Stay tuned on the other side, and we're going to talk about uh, what's going on in this culture and how the Holy Spirit can move through us to impact people for Jesus Christ. This is an Ignite flash fire moment. Right now, can you think of one person you know who's struggling in need of knowing God's love? If someone came to mind, God just spoke to your heart. We're going to light it up right now. Send them a quick message. It could be by Facebook, email, text message. Make it short and sweet. Simply tell them you were thinking about them. You appreciate them. You're praying for them. You're in it with them, that God loves them. If we respond to this simple flash fire prompting right now, together we'll move his kingdom a big step forward. Ignite Flash Fire is brought to you by MassImpact.us. Not just a moment, a movement. Here's a simple question. Would you like to see this area alive in the love of God and Jesus Christ? Well, here's the thing. It won't just happen. The greatest thing we can do to see God alive around us is to accept Him alive within us. Right now, we invite you and your family to rediscover love. Rediscover love is a great adventure through the seven weeks of Lent that promises to awaken our homes to God's abiding love. Go right now to MassImpact.us. Take the simple one-page inventory. It's a real eye-opener. Rediscover love at MassImpact.us. Did you see the Guardians of the Galaxy? Did you watch the Packer game? How's your portfolio? Pizza is awesome. What we talk about doesn't just reveal what's important to us. It reveals who's important to us. This week, take a risk to grow deeper. Consider throwing in one of these. What's your biggest challenge right now? Hey, what can I pray for you for? What can I do to make your life easier right now? How about joining us for Mass this Sunday? Yeah, and coming over for breakfast. Let's pray the Holy Communion we receive correspond to a holy community we live. This has been a Mass Impact Moment. Join the great adventure at massimpact.us. You know, Mass Impact and Ignite has been going across the Northwest Ohio now for, for months, and, and thousands of people, literally thousands of people in our diocese have experienced that love. We believe that he said what he meant and meant what he said. 
when he proclaimed that his body is real food and his blood is real drink. Simply put, Mass Impact is a nonprofit movement seeking the heart of God in the very heart of His Catholic Church. Uh, people just keep kept coming and coming. Not just in a moment, but, but to surrender their entire lives. We desire our hearts to be moved by what moves His. And to see that happening monthly. We are responding to an urgent call at an urgent time. The recent Pope's John Paul said, now's the time, this is the moment. We are taking big steps in faith throughout our diocese and beyond. I want to buckle my chin strap and take the field. And we are seeing tremendous growth. I mean, I'm just roused and emboldened to mission, to do something. We cannot do it alone. We need you right now. Please partner with us. Go to massimpact.us right now and click on the Contribute tab. If you and I respond in faith right now, we will see souls in heaven who would not have been there had we said no. It was nothing short of amazing. Does it have that same kind of effect on you? Please go to massimpact.us and contribute. It's time to move. And that's what it's all about, a revolution of God's love being poured out in our lives. Tonight, if you're doubting it, in this moment, maybe this is not just an accident or a happenstance that you're hearing these words, that whatever you're dealing with right now, God's love is greater. We pronounce that right here. In the name of Jesus Christ, who calls you his own, claim his power in your life right now. We're with Mike McCoy on this special night talking about evangelization. We set the stage at the very beginning of this program by sharing the very real example from a few weeks ago. It wasn't 21 Christians. One was not a Christian. But by the witness of the 20 Christians who, who gave their lives, if you will, who were martyrs who chose not to deny Jesus Christ and lost their lives, one of them who was not Christian said, said, uh, their God is my God, so the terrorist beheaded him also. And we spoke about the final confrontation that uh, Carol Wojtyla, then now John, uh, Pope St. John Paul II in 1976, spoke of this challenge between the gospel and the anti-gospel. And uh, uh, here we have Mike McCoy with us um, talking about this battle, certainly in the heavenly celestial realms, but he has been in the trenches. And so now we're going to come down to earth a little bit. And uh, Mike, I want you to share with us a little bit about how you're seeing this very real final confrontation playing out in the hearts and minds and classrooms and homes of America. Yeah, Greg, uh, before I do that, I want to encourage everybody. You just heard uh, the commercial come on about MassImpact.us. You know, I really want everyone to go to that and contribute to, to, this, to this organization, this movement, because Greg and Stephanie um, have given their lives to this. It's not part-time. This is who they are and what mm -hmm. they do. They have six children. And they're leading quite a movement with inside the Catholic Church and it's spreading across this country. So uh, uh, we, we need to back people like that. And I was at their home tonight and had dinner. It was phenomenal. Didn't eat a lot, you know, but 
trying to cut back and always cutting back and uh, saw how they how they work with their children, what their children are like. And uh, I'm going to tell you, Greg and Stephanie, not to blow smoke, but if every family was like yours, we wouldn't have the problems we have today oh, in our country. Thank you, Mike. It really wouldn't. Mom and dad and leading there spiritually and uh, praying with your kids and praying with them. And, you know, you can play that guitar and uh, it's just, uh, you know, just it was a really neat time tonight. And how, how all the kids came around me and, and and put their hands on me and prayed for me. That was very powerful. So I appreciate that. So these these people are real. So um, get there and, and five bucks, ten bucks, you know, lots of people do that and can make this thing go. Thank you, Mike. Now, getting into the uh, into the world, so to speak. Um, yeah, this final confrontation that we're talking about. Um you know, I go into Catholic schools, and uh, I've I've been in going in for many many years. But specifically, the last three and a half years, I just focused in on students in Catholic schools. And what I do is I do a full school assembly, is forty five minutes, fifty minutes, and we share a lot of different fun things. And you know, I was chubby when I was growing up, and you know, I was five six, one hundred seventy five pounds when I was in fifth grade, and because I ate Twinkies and milkshakes, that's why I was that. And it was my comfort food because there was a lot of stress and conflict going on at home. And uh, just kind of share some fun things and different principles. You know, the, the, the devil was real. This enemy is real. Mm. we got these landmines in the field of life, sex, mm. alcohol, and drugs. And mm. there's another one out there. It's called friends. Mm. Friends can be a landmine or a safe haven, depending on the kind of friends we have. And uh, then we go through, you know, uh, putting on the blinders called denial in our life. And then I get into the good news and, and uh, 45 minutes of doing that. And then at the end of the program, I have five things to ask them to put on the card. Name and school feedback because I want their feedback. And then if they open their heart to Christ, what John Paul II talked about, mm-hmm. and then uh, what's going on in their life. You know, what's that one barrier holding you back? Because I, at some point in time in my presentation towards the three quarters of it, I, I read other student comments about what's going on in their life. Mm-hmm. And then the, the fifth one, of course, is the Proverbs 31 Club. And I've been looking at these cards for many, many years. And uh, these last four years, I'm just looking at these cards, and I said, are, are these young people really Catholic students? Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. you can't tell the difference between the public school comments they used to get in the past of what's happening now. Matter of yeah. fact, these are even more, more incredible. And I've had four schools in the last three years that I gave all the cards back to the school. I don't do that because these cards come back to me. Right. But I felt that, you know, the suicides and the cutting and the depression and the multiple problems that was happening, mm-hmm. that they had no clue what was going on for the most part. And uh, that's, the, that's our world. That's our culture. Right. They're, they're, they're exposed to that. Just think about that. The church has them for an hour on Sunday, hour and a half. It's, it's called Mass. All right, great celebration. Can learn a lot of great things there. If they're, teen, they're in, they're in a life teen group, if they're public school students or in their confirmation class, they may come for an hour once a week. So maybe at the most, two and a half hours that the church, the local parish has exposed to their young people. Okay, how long, how many hours are they exposed to the culture? Right, <laughs> All the other right. time. What's going on? The TV, the internet, the radio. So they're being greatly influenced by this and they're being very impacted uh, the last uh, three years, we've uh, inter- we've uh, intervened in probably around 155 uh, students who are contemplating suicide. Wow! That would come back on these notes. Uh, cutters, um, you know, I saw cutters around 10 years ago at a at a school uh, near our hometown, and uh, I didn't know what that was. So I asked my daughter Molly, who's my oldest daughter, and she was in going through PA school at the time, and I think she just got out. And I said, Molly, what's going on here? And so she talked to some of her friends, and uh, they said basically these young people are in so much so much physical and spiritual pain they're in so much emotional pain that this cutting gives them a relief and because that physical pain they are able to back off and it becomes very addictive Mm. and uh so we're seeing we're seeing a lot of cutters with lots of depression right now 
lots of uh, peer pressure. I mean, we always we had peer pressure going up, yeah. but this peer pressure is, hey, you know, you're my friend, got to have sex. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. first thing off. I mean, that's that's just incredible what's going mm-hmm. on now in the mm-hmm. sexuality mm-hmm. of young people in America today. Mm-hmm. They're being very sexualized as we look at all the different images out there. Mm-hmm. And so this is happening. This is this is this is this is this is real. And uh, and I get a lot of other comments back. I said, oh, this is great. You know, I had one student this past week. I was in Austin, Texas, and he says, you know, I get ridiculed for my Catholic faith. Now, this is in a prominent Catholic high school in Austin, Texas. Wow. He says, I stand up to my faith. I get my friends ridicule me all the time. Well, how, how come you're not drinking? How come you're not smoking dope? How come you're not having sex? He says, because God doesn't want me to. And they, mm. they laugh at me. Uh, <laughs> God bless you. Yeah. And so, how you know, it should be the other way around. Right. The but support it's not, system. Right? But it's not. And, uh, and I, you know, I get some other cards that this one, this one I, I read this one that uh, that uh, my, my twin sister was contemplating suicide. So I told my parents, and my sister got really, really mad at me. But my parents took her to the hospital. We got her help, and she's doing okay now. And I says, I just, I just kind of get really scared if I, think, if I thought about not doing anything, and my sister did commit suicide. And so you're getting these heartfelt things. And then mm-hmm. the family stuff, unbelievable, the divorce, that devastates right. young people, as we right. know, Catholics and non-Catholics. And what that does to the family structure right. for generations, That's for right. generations. And, uh, and so the dads, you know, we're talking about maybe saying something to the fathers that maybe are listening out there. You know, mm-hmm. pray, pray with your kids. Mm-hmm. If you don't know how to pray, just say, you know how to do the Our Father. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, you know, it's time for bed, uh, you know, get ready, get changed. But, you know, tonight I think I'm going to do something different. Let's kind of go over here and, and you know, let's hold hands and pray the Our Father. Mm-hmm. All right, mm-hmm. they know they are Father. Pray the Our Father. And all these kids are saying, what, what's going on with Dad? Right. You know, uh, pray with Mom. You know, mm-hmm. uh, love their mother. I mean, and have respect for, for the mother. Because mm. I think one, th- one of the definitions of a, of a true man and a true woman, and Joe Ehrman does great work on this. Mm. You know, Joe Ehrman used to play for the Buffalo Bills, and mm. he's, got a, he's got a ministry out of um, Baltimore, and, and, uh, and he turned a whole football team around just out of love mm. and loving one another. It's a phenomenal story. And he goes around and speaks all the time now. But... You know, he, he was just basically the, the, the definition of a man, according to our culture, is, hey, you're dominant, you're physical, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're drugs, you're into this, you're into that, mm-hmm. where the real definition of a man is a servant. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, duh, who was the servant? You know, Jesus came as a servant. He mm-hmm. came to serve. And so we as a men should serve our wives and serve our families because I think the real definition of a real man and woman is this person built for others. They're not self-centered. They're other-centered. And if they're married, they honor and love and respect their spouses. And if they're having problems, go get help. Right. You know, can't you can't do it. We all have conflict. We all have problems in our life. And the worst problem is to ignore it. Mm-hmm. And what happens when I tell the students, if you ignore conflict now at your age, it's going to be so big later mm-hmm. on, it's going to be mm-hmm. tough. Mm-hmm. You know, so whatever's going on, take ownership of that and, and move and get help in, in, in proper places. And so I just want to encourage the dads out there. And I'm going to encourage the moms to respect their husbands. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. men, 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 you know, we all love, we all love love. Don't get me wrong here. But because of man, there's a great book out there called Love and Respect that, that blew my mind that I, that, I, that I read like 15 years ago. You all want love. We all want respect. But men, men really crave respect. Mm-hmm. And when, when the wife doesn't respect her husband and puts him down in front of the kids, it's just devastating. And vice versa, when the husband puts the wife down in front of the kids. Mm-hmm. And one of the rules that we had, no matter what we disagreed, and we never disagreed mm-hmm. in front of the, the children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we never, we, you know, my wife and I, we never had arguments. We had disagreements. But we never put each other down or made fun of each other mm-hmm. jokingly. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think that's so important. So 
But that had that starts from the inside. Is that you know, we talk about that heart transplant, mm. Stephanie? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So who transplants the heart? It's Jesus Christ. Amen. Mm. All right. Mm. It's not going to church every Sunday. I'm not putting that down. I think that's tremendous. But it's the transplant, and then you take that and manifest that through your faith and getting into God's mm-hmm. word. Mm-hmm. You know, Mike, you t- you're talking about the kids, and uh, we are on your mailing list and get the reports that you send out and uh, reading through the comments that are on the cards. Yeah. I know yeah. Greg wants to comment on this in a second also. But something that has stood out to me is you also have teachers oh, yeah. who comment <laughs> who are also affected. Yeah. You know, So it's not just the kids who are carrying around yeah. stuff, but... You get teachers who fill out the cards yeah. too, and that is very powerful. I had one last on week. That? I had one last week. Says, uh, "I wish I heard this in high school." Right. Mm. Very mm. interesting. Yeah. Mm. Very right. interesting. Yeah. No, just uh, so yeah. As Mike was talking, I pulled up uh, one of the more recent reports, and uh, just a quote jumped out at me as things you're saying. One is, "I am a sophomore. Last year, I told my parents that I am a lesbian." They thought there was something wrong with me. That's when I started alcohol, drugs, self-harm, Satanism, and suicide. I fell the furthest I have. Your talk has inspired me to fall to Jesus. And, um, folks, if you could see this long list of various comments along those same lines of what kids are dealing with, if you looked at the stats and saw uh, pornography, um, suicide, unbelievable. And these are, folks, these are Catholic schools. These are our kids. These are our kids in that place where parents are sacrificing a heck of a lot to get them there. They're mm-hmm. highly motivated, upper, I don't know, 15% of involved parents. Maybe that's a bad assumption, but I'm going to say, you know, they're, they're in those environments where they expect, you know, this sort of thing to happen. And so Mike is uh, sending us these stats. And one thing that strikes me is a little bit um, along the lines of what the Louis Zamperini story the unbroken story, the story of the uh, World War II uh, pilot Olympian, right, runner, uh, who found himself in World War II under horrible circumstances, survived in a raft in the ocean for, what, 47 days. Um, He was in a prison camp forever, endured everything he possibly could. When he came back, though, is when the story really began because he was so full of junk, so full of anger. He he, He turned to the bottle, and he tried every other thing. What changed his life was Jesus Christ. And every single one of these comments, folks, I just can't say it strong enough, and I want you to connect this with that. whatever struggle you may be experiencing or people in your family may be experiencing. There is something at the heart of ritual that we call relationship that is true and authentic encounter with Jesus Christ that has the power to transform lives. The Louis Zamperini story, I'm seeing it in front of me in these comments of these young people. We Catholics right now are being invited to really consider that, the heart of ritual relationship with Jesus Christ. Mm, yeah, the Louis Zamperini story is phenomenal because after he came to Christ, as you know, he did it through a Billy Graham crusade. Mm-hmm. And they got a hold of him, they discipled him, and he went back to Japan and met all his captors wow. and forgave them. Yep, amazing. But the one, the, the one uh, guy who was in charge of it wouldn't, wouldn't see him. Yep. But everyone, all their guards, he mm-hmm. found them, and they all, you know, they all. Beautiful story. Forgave. And his nightmare ceased when oh, he found that forgiveness. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. nothing else worked. Yeah. But when he found that opportunity uh, at that whatever you call it, uh, tent revival with Billy Graham, um, he gave his life to Jesus. And right. he was a religious man. He was sure. Catholic. He, you know, mm-hmm. he he had the stuff around him. And what a great example, though. There was something at the heart of that that was not there, mm-hmm. as you shared your story, um, that allowed him to be transformed that all of them have that heart transplant. It's a conversion. It's a personal decision. Mm-hmm. Accepting saving Christ and becoming his disciple. You know, another thing about this conversion is I think about it uh, in Vatican II, I've read uh, 
you know, Vatican II is when I was like in seventh, eighth grade. And um, you're good, dating yourself. Good Catholic friend of mine <laughs> gave me this book, uh, gave me the whole document back in 72 and 73. And I started to read it. And one of the things that jumped out at me is even before we come to the mass, we must come to a point of faith and conversion in our life. Mm, and mm, so it's mm. there. And then the mission of the church, you know, the mission of the church is to bring everybody into relationship with Christ. Right. It's there, you know. Right. And so through what you guys are doing, mm. you're making it real, I think, and uh, really assisting the church and getting people to uh, ignite and mm, uh, mm. impact not only their, their own lives, but people around them. Mm. We're looking at uh, the end zone right now, to use our metaphor, coming in fairly quickly here. And so I think we're going to go through some quick announcements here of some great things. Again, more than a moment of movement. We're about a movement of God in the heart of the church. Um, God's grace alive to tap what is already there, to open up our eyes. You know that Ephesians 5.14, Awake, O sleeper, arise. Christ, let Christ's light shine on you. Awake from your sleep. Arise from your death. So some of these announcements, sorry about that little uh, mix up there. Um, Massimpact.us, we say it over and over again. There's so many good things uh, happening in that on that website. Join the prayer, get on board. It can help you access all kinds of great things. The Live at Video, Gathering Guide, Ignite Dates, Transformational Stories, and more. Ignite 2015 is underway. Again, those dates are listed on our website. Um, We'd like to encourage you to join the 40 Days for Life. Uh, the, we are doing it locally um, at the Capital Care Network. There's more information on Catholic Charities, nwo.org. I really encourage you, if you are able to take an hour, um, to go down in front of the abortion mill and pray. Uh, we can do this, guys, through the power of prayer. And even some of us have had some neat stories shared where... Uh, you have visibly seen the grace at work and others we will never know, but we need to be faithful to that. We are also asking through that, that if you're not able to get down there for that hour, that uh, I think Peter range is calling it the seventh man team to pray it mm. from your home mm. like to gather. And, and if you're not able again to get down there during those time frames, to lift that up in prayer there. Um, so 40 days for life, join it. Mike, I'm going to put you on the spot here before we go to prayer. And we did this to our boy, Justin Fatika. Good things come out of your EPA. We got Father Larry Richards, Tregilio, we got Fatika, yeah. we got McCoy. Great things Schultzers. out of your Erie. All right, <laughs> fabulous. Um, so, uh, Mike, if you had the captive audience of the entire world for 60 seconds, what would you say to them? Well, if I had the captive audience of the entire world for 60 seconds, I could say that Jesus Christ is real, His Word is His Word, and that we're just a little swift of smoke coming through this earth, and our purpose is to share God's love, have, his, have God's love in our own heart, and, uh, and knowing and understand that uh, we're built for eternity, and that's that long-term relationship that lasts forever, because we're not going to be here forever. We know we've all experienced death, wives, husbands, family, and there's more to that because God says, I've conquered death through the grave, through his cross on the, on, the, on the cross. And it's called the glad word. It's G-L-A-D. It's called God love, acceptance and direction. And when we accept God's love in our heart through reconciliation and you take that step towards him, he takes many, many steps towards us and he loves us unconditionally and he gives us that direction in our life. And then we manifest that through our faith, getting to God's word and pray on a day-to-day -day basis. So it's we're long-term thinkers here, not short-term thinkers. It's impacting people for eternity. 
Awesome. Of course, you got Rocky Balboa in the background here going the distance. That threw me off a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> me too. Well, so What's he doing? Well, Philadelphia, you know, coming up the Synod in September, we're lifting up the Holy Father and the entire church to open up our hearts to the awareness that family was fashioned to make God, who is love known. It's the centerpiece of our mission with Image Trinity. That is what is it, IT, Image Trinity, what it's all about. And uh, we invite you to join us in that prayer. The bishop is asking us to pray fervently. Uh, he's, he's asking us to pray the rosary. He's asking us to um, give alms. He's asking us, uh, there's a third thing. To fast. To fast, thank <laughs> you, which, of course, we're doing. So, um, Mike, I'm going to ask you as we uh, close here um, in prayer, in particular, right out of the gates here in the prayer, um, we're going to enter right now. Pray particularly for those who are listening right now. Maybe they're religious, uh, faithful but they're beleaguered, and they're needing to know the love of God to encounter Christ. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Guys, we close our time here today. We know that uh, you hear us when we pray, and you speak to us when we read your word. And your word says to us that uh, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed mm-hmm. by the renewing of your mind so that you'll know what the will of Christ Jesus is for us. We're, we live in a fallen world, and God doesn't promise us a bed of roses, but he does promise us is that there's always a light at the end of the tunnel, that he's always working a life. He's sovereign in our life. And when we take those burdens, he says, my, he says, my yoke is easy, my burdens are light. And if we have heavy burdens on our life, it's, it's because we're allowing them to come into our life and just bring us down instead of taking that load and putting it on him. And uh, he says, uh, Paul says in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, for God has not given us us as the disciples, the followers, the committed people of Jesus Christ. He has not given us the spirit of fear. Mm. What he has given us is a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Lord, we just claim those promises in our lives right now as we all go through trials and tribulations. We all have have hangups and hurts. And uh, Lord, we know that through your power that you bring us through these things in our life. And then uh, because we've experienced them, we've experienced your light at the end of the tunnel. We can, mm. we can be a light to other people and, and have that word as a lamp under our feet. And as we put that word into our heart and we manifest that through our faith and we manifest that through our life. Father, we just pray for those who are struggling right now, mm. that they do turn, number one, turn their lives over to Jesus, mm. that they open up their hearts to Christ, that they ask them to come in their life like I did back in 1971 when mm. I said this simple prayer. As you know, Jesus, I'm tired of playing the game of church. I'm tired of uh, committing the same sins over and over again. Uh, thank you for dying on the cross for me. I, I want to do reconciliation and turn back to you and, and uh, through your blood of the cross and shed that and come into my heart and make me the kind of person you want me to be. And take that and then be encouraged through that, through God's word, through, through, the, through your faith and uh, grow and understand who God is and his sovereignty and his love for us. We ask everything in Jesus' name. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. You're tuning into Ignite Radio Live. Tune in next week. We'll have Dan Demete with us. Catholic Summer Youth Camps. It's going to be an amazing program. Thank you so much, Mike. God bless you. God bless you, Mike. Thank you.